It's the wildest thing in the world to think that you just like make something up and then you make it a thing and then it becomes a show. And that's what I've done. So you're listening to part two of two with comic and commercial actor Paul Morrissey. He's also a retired journalist and he's very funny. He's got a special coming out called Ice Cream Versus Everything and he was on last week and I didn't do an intro to part one. And so, you know, you just get to do whatever you want when you have your own show. It's it's great. And I forget this all the time. I'm like, oh, I should do the same thing. I should follow these rules. Who cares? Nobody cares. Nobody's listening for the rules. Nobody gives a crap. And it's as soon as you start only following rules that you become boring and old. So I'm not following any rules anymore. This is part two, but part two of how many? Who knows? I know, but I'm not going to tell you right now because everybody fast forwards through these intros anyway, and it's irritating because I do it too. But you don't have to listen to commercials yet because nobody's advertising on my show. So you don't speed through this. Listen to every word. Get get really like go go get a comforter, pull up a pillow, grab your hot chocolate. Wow, this sounds good. Do all of that and then listen to this intro again. Like, did you just speed through it? Did you just not listen to me telling you things you probably already knew about how parts of things work? Cool. Then rewind it. Do you have your cozy comforter with you already? Are you already drinking your hot chocolate? Did you not fast forward through this? You get bonus credit. So when you're listening to this part two with comic and commercial actor Paul Morrissey, you're going to think, wow, I'm really glad I listened to this intro because it wasn't just a boring ad or a boring way to tell us how a two-part podcast works when y'all can figure that out anyway. I don't know why I gave myself that extra homework when I started doing intros and things, but I did. So, you know, I'm going to start spitting some, I'm just going to start sharing facts that are cool at the top of this episode. Like, did you know fish, when they blink, they also sneeze? Isn't that wild? Like, you can't really see it because it just looks like bubbles. But like, oh, they're going to blink, their little uh, eyes are going to get covered, and then they're going to do a fish sneeze. And that's not a real fact. I just made that up. Aren't you glad you're listening? You're learning stuff. Party tricks. There you go. What was the point of me jumping on here and setting up all my recording equipment just to tell you that this is part two of who knows how many you're going to find out. Paul's lovely. Go watch his special. It's probably already out. Uh, I had the date written down, but now I can't remember it. I'm doing a great job at promo, folks. Uh, Nothing matters. Nobody cares. I don't have anybody that I'm beholden to, so I can just say anything I want. Here's another fact. Did you know that worms only hang out in pairs and that as soon as there's a third worm, they bully that worm to go find another single worm so that they're only twos and going in parts of two? So it's always two worms together. That's also a fact that's not true. Isn't that awesome? Aren't you so glad that you have all these little party favors at the top of the episode that you can go to a party and share and look dumb? because someone's going to be like, that doesn't sound right. But the thing is, is people are too polite to be like, that worm fact, I don't know, Suzanne, that's his wife, and it's a guy. Like, I don't know, Suzanne, that doesn't sound right. And Suzanne says, who cares? Nothing matters. He probably learned it on some dumb podcast. And that's true. You did. You learned it on a dumb podcast. I'm I'm warming my way into your brain. See what I did there? With untrue things. Here's what is true. You're about to listen to the show, and you're going to be really glad you did. And this intro is almost over. Aren't you glad? Uh, let's get the show started with part two with Paul Morrissey. He's funny. He doesn't deserve such a sloppy, disgusting intro. But here's the thing. This is the future of the show. Everybody's getting a sloppy intro because I'm done following weird rules that I created to make this sound all professional because nobody cares and everybody fast forwards through these anyways. So here's the thing. You're going to be real sad if you fast forwarded and you, oh, you did your little 15 second boop boop that is available on most listening platforms. You're going to be really sad because I gave some really cool facts that you could share at a party and that would make you cool 
cooler. And don't you want to be cooler? Let's get on with the show. You know what? It's funny. Even that phrase, let's get on with the show. I just said it. I just said it one day and then that's what I say. What if I said something different? Like, here's, here's it, here it goes. Another new one. Let's begin. No, that's boring. Three, two, one, blast off. That is, that's the new intro. Three, two, one, blast off. <laughs> because here's the thing. you I have my own show. Nobody cares. It's, I don't answer to anybody. I'm my own boss. I can say the wildest shit in the world that I want to at the top of this episode. I am actively losing listeners with this kind of intro. This is chaos. I have a demographic of listeners of people over 60 who are like, what is happening right now? And I am actively abandoning them and alienating a loyal, lovely audience with this stupid intro. But this is just to prove a point that nothing matters. Nobody gets out alive. Let's have a little fun. There's too much content. I'm really grateful you're listening. Three, two, one, blast off. <laughs> I'm not remotely joking. That's the intro now. Three, two, one, blast off. And if you miss this episode, you're going to be like, what the hell happened? And that's another reason you should listen to every episode. Have you not listened to all 6,000 episodes? Go back. Have you only listened to them once? You should listen to them 10 times. Three, two, one, blast off. For real this time. But yeah, I know people that actually, even when they came back for the training, they're like, all right, well, I guess I'll give it a shot. And they bought the knives and they sold it to like an ant or something. And, you know, uh, but yeah, Vector Knives was the was the uh, the one that I almost uh, that was like I was I've never been a good like salesman person, even with comedy, like, you know, even with. You got to sell your, you know, CDs or your special or something like that. I've never been really good at that kind of stuff. So uh, thankfully, I haven't had to do that too much. Um, but service wise, like I have such tremendous like his, a, a waitress or a waiter like that job, especially to be good at it is such a like unique set of skills. And um, that's what I do love about New York is that a lot of those old style restaurants it's still it's a revered position to be like a head waiter or a guy that's like working at you know a michelin star like italian restaurant or something so um but i just knew that i didn't have that uh, you know i would be the guy that's dropping all the glasses and stuff like that like it, did you ever get really good at like carrying trays and all that kind of stuff? Not until I got to the store. I've dropped so many glasses on people. That was just sort of, I was like, oh, well, this is part of the job. But when I got to the store, the, a tray holds 20 drinks and like speed is the only thing you have as a skill there. Like you can kind of just be bad at everything else. But if you are fast, you will make money. And so I just got yeah. really good at like being able to hold 20 drinks and like start dropping them instead of like put the tray down, go but because you save seconds and you have to save seconds. So like no, I was prior to yeah. working there, I did not do well with trays. And then after that, I learned how to do the like the palm here, because like if you hold a tray flat, it's likely it's more likely to spill. But if you use your fingertips, then you can pull cups from anywhere and it'll stay balanced because it's kind of like a surfboard. You're like the you know, the center of your hand is the balance. And so it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Whether, but yeah, no, I got good at it, but I did not start good at it. So yeah, you have to want to. It is so crazy. If mm -hmm. you see like that was what I what I was gonna ask you about because with basketball games now and even baseball, there's this high end kind of weight service for the seats that are courtside. And every game there's a guy that like drops stuff all over the court that they have to clean up. And it's so it's gotta be like especially to know that you're like gonna be on the jumbo trying if you drop something, it's gotta be like 
you know, there's a bunch of those people that are in therapy right now, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but it's probably great money. I'm sure it's just like, if you know, $30 a drink or something. Yeah, if you were to get tipped, I don't know entirely how that works as far as, because I know with some concessions jobs, you're not allowed to accept tips. I think it depends on the like deal with the arena. So like, I know that they rotate out. This is, I don't know if this is true for uh, what used to be Staples Center, which is now Crypto Arena, shoot me in the face. But I don't know if it's true for yeah. them that they, y- you you rotate out. So it's, it is an earned position to be down on the floor because also you're not having to do the stairs. It's like a lot easier. So it's why you notice it's not usually, you know, the 19 year old kids doing concessions. It's usually people who've been there for right. a minute, but I know they do rotation of shifts. So like you'd be like a shift lead if you were the one that's like down right next to Kobe, you know, like, yeah. well, may he rest, but like, you get what I mean? Like, so I don't know entirely how that's earned. I also know this is a, something I only learned recently that if you are a concession worker for any of the NFL teams and you've been there for longer than one season, if your team wins uh, the Super Bowl, you they usually cut you in for a ring, depending on how long you've been there. And I know that oh, no yeah, the That's team great. has to decide that, like whether or not they're or I guess the franchise owners have to decide that. But I know I think it was when gosh, I'm trying to remember I well, who the year before the Rams won, uh, that would have been 2020, like the weirdest or maybe 2019, whatever. None of this matters. I sent, uh, I know that one of the biggest things was they interviewed this janitor who had been part of the team for, you know, uh, forever. And he got a ring and rarely do janitors get them. And he was like, just, um, oh, wow. it was so lovely. So, you know, I mean, it's a traditionally very racist and misogynistic organization in the NFL, but Hey, they're giving out rings. So that's nice. That's, they're making up for it. Why did I go on this? Well, oh, the best, of, go ahead. the best one of those for uh, uh, that we just learned about. I was lucky enough to. I've been in like a couple of those suites. Oh, and I've gotten big to, flex. Uh, I love talking to people there because it seems like so. Basically, I know. So if you get one a suite for even like an Iron Maiden concert or something, you you basically order the food ahead of time because it's whatever you know it's going to be 15 people you order like sliders wings and then you order the drink and then it's kind of like a flat fee and then you automatically have to tip a certain percentage of that and then the people also always take care like so you have like one person that might take care of like two or three suites but basically you can kind of like watch the show because like all the food and everything is done you're just kind of like you guys okay in here you know, everyone's nice to whoever's checking in on you. So it's like, that seems like a pretty good gig to do. Like, it seems like a lot of like retired people might do it. Because, uh, you know, in a lot of these uh, theaters that are perform, you know, when I'm on tour with Tom Pop or whoever, uh, it seems like a lot of people that work in those, it's kind of like their after career job, you know what I mean? Sure. Or maybe they like their, their side job, you know? Um, so, so yeah, maybe I'll do that so I can see a bunch of concerts at the Hollywood Bowl or something. I'll be, yeah, I'll be the garden box uh, attendant or something. Okay. Well, we just sorted that out. That's good. Well, you know, you know, comedy seems to be working out pretty well for you. So I don't know that I would have a retirement plan if I were you, but cool. Now, you know, you can do that of all of the customer service jobs, not including comedy, which was your favorite favorite. Oh, okay. I skipped one, but so so when I was moving to Phoenix, I was do I worked for this uh, station for like a few months. That was like my first move west before my on-air job. I had like a month 
or so in between the internship. So me and my two roommates all got jobs at this um, this resort in Phoenix. It's basically like uh, uh, they had a lazy river and a water slide and all that kind of stuff. So my job was I was the water slide traffic cop, which was basically like, I got to sit in the water at the bottom of the water slide, and if someone got stuck or didn't get out of the way, I would tell them to get out of the way. I had a whistle. Um, if someone was drowning, I would have to whistle for the actual lifeguard. <laughs> um, so basically, I had no responsibilities <laughs> at all. And, and like a couple times Somebody a day, whistle. I would have to go to the lazy river and just patrol it, you know, and make sure. I don't know, people weren't having sex or whatever. <laughs> uh, but basically, I would just be floating on a raft. Um, so that was, like, one of my favorite. Like, I couldn't believe, especially right out of college, you couldn't believe, like, somebody was paying you money to, like, just hang out in the pool all day. Especially, like, coming from upstate New York where it's sunny, like, three times a year. You're just, like, you know, basically, like, February, March, it's, like, 75 or degrees and sunny and... Uh, so that was a pretty, that was a pretty good gig. And it was like one of those things where it's like, I wasn't taking it super seriously. I was just having fun with it. There wasn't pressure. Um, and, uh, and it was just like, you know, you got to enjoy it. I think that's what a lot of people try to find those kind of jobs now where it's like just fun. I think that's what a lot of like uh, suburban places that have comedy clubs where you know they just work two two nights a week or something. I think a lot of people do that because it's like work in a comedy club and make make tips and get to hang out with funny people and you know I think I think those kind of jobs are um, important to people. You know, like we talked about my mom or you having like that running outlet. Like, my mom always approached running like a full-time job. She took it seriously, and even though she wasn't getting paid for it. And so I think I always approached comedy that way, where it's like, I love doing this, I'm going to work hard at it, but I have to have another job that supports it, like being a, you know, a teacher or a waiter or doing some other job. Like, I'll obviously work just as hard at that. So, um, so I think, you know, gradually you find your way. But um, but there are people that just love working. Like I meet people now that have like they always have five jobs, even when they don't have to do anything. So God that bless. might be you. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Um, and what's your least favorite job of all? So so sorry. So water cop, where you had no responsibilities and a whistle. That was number one for you, correct? Yeah, okay. probably. So what was yeah, least? Was good. What was the opposite of water cop? What's the thing you hated? These the one I hated the most. I would say, man, the be Bellman was like That's the, what I thought you were the say. most like like um is denigrated a word. Yeah, I feel like it's like yeah when people kind of look down on you because you're like you're only a Bellman. You know, I was like I was like those perceptions because it's like. You know, I know guys that were Bellman in Santa Monica that make more than yep. lawyers back home. You know yep. what I mean? So it's like some of those guys are like smart about it. Like, hey, you can think I'm a guy carrying your luggage, but it's you know, a hustle. I got a house on the beach, you know? That's right. Uh, but um, 
but yeah, that's the when you when you when you're still a kid and you can feel like oh, there's like a class. Like they think that I'm not educated because I'm doing this job, or they think that I'm like mm-hmm. a lower class person. Yeah, and you can tell even the rich people that treat you like a regular person. You know, like I think it was like Brad Gray or one of those executives Brad was Gray. like Bernie Brillstein's. You know, like I, you know, like the racket club had like just a, an attendant or something, and I think he was like Bernie Brillstein's guy there, and basically like Bernie Brillstein liked him, and then he's like, you know what, I'll teach you how to do, you know, how to work around my office. Like, like you're, you seem like a hardworking guy. That's you know, uh, I might. I might have that story not completely right, but I, I know that that's kind of what, you know, there's a there's a show called Red Oak on Amazon that's kind of like that. It's just about, like, a high-end, like, tennis club. And, yeah, it's like when you have access to those people and you're like, oh, I mean, it's just like Hollywood where it's like if you meet somebody that you like spending time with and you're like, hey, you should work for me. I'm sure you could figure out how to do this, even if you're a, you know, you're a waiter and you could be a producer or, you know, like Barbara Streisand, that famous guy was like Barbara Streisand's hairstylist. And then he ended up like producing a star is born for her. And like, I think he produced Caddyshack and like all this stuff. He's the guy who, uh, did they make him? Oh, the, the licorice pizza is about him. What up? Really? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and he's the guy like Pamela Anderson married like this eighty-six-year-old guy. That's him. So wow. I think I think it's the guy that Sean Penn played in Licorice Pizza, right? The what? really crazy guy. I didn't see it, um, but yeah, I that's. But yeah, it was like you get access to. I mean, you like Bill Murray married like his makeup artist on some movie. You know, it's just like sometimes it's just the access. If you're a good person and you get along, you're easy to work with. They're like, all right, I'll teach you how to do this too, you know, Sure. Or, you know, sure. Yeah. So, so I think, I think that's always like an important thing to not, to not see it as like, Oh, this is the job. Cause it's always, you're always yourself, you know? And if it comes along and you're like, you know what, that guy's a pretty smart guy or he's got a good head on his shoulders. He works hard or, you know, you always want people to say that about you and instead of like, oh, this guy looks like he's too good for this job, mm-hmm. you know, or she looks like she doesn't think she should be doing this, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> yeah, I look like back the, at uh, the one I heard. Did you ever hear the um, uh, the story like Margot Robbie worked at Subway? And I think it was like no way, for, like a couple of days. Yeah. And she was like starring in a soap opera like later that year. But it's like just the fact that she was like, I work at Subway. Like, I don't. You know, wow, yeah. I need to earn money this summer, you know? <laughs> wow. And I'm sure she was already like model level at that point, like in college or something. But it's like, you know, it, 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 there is a certain mindset of like, you know, I don't think I'm better than yeah. this job. You yeah. know, there's certain people that think they are. But I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. No, I was just going to say, like, never be above it. And I think that's such a good point. And I, the, I, I'm guilty of being in jobs I didn't like and then having a pissy attitude and being like, why is no one scooping me from this job? And it's like, because you're toxic. Like, no one wants to be around <laughs> you. Like, change your attitude. Um, okay. What's the weirdest thing you've been asked to do whilst you were on the clock at any of these jobs, including comedy? Because we get some cool answers. So up to you. Weirdest thing. Huh. I, um... I mean, obviously the news thing was like so, so cool 
like that doesn't even seem like a, a real job because it's like I, I used to complain about like having to go to like NFL games and stuff like that. But we used to do I flew in like a B-17 bomber with a guy who had been shot down in one during World War Two. And uh, I think it was like there was a B-24 and a B-17. I think they were the last ones. And it was just like we got to fly it from like Sacramento to Reno. And it was with this guy who had gotten shot down in one. And uh, and I asked him, like, what happened? You know, I thought he went to a concentration camp. And he's like, no, no, we went to an officer's camp. And he's like, I literally, like, we parachuted out. And I literally, like, landed in a pile of hay. Like, it couldn't have been any better. And, like, there's a couple of villagers with, like, pitchforks and, you know, and then I was like, so, and he's like, and then we got let out because the, you know, we liberated them soon after. And I was like, so where did you work after you got home? He's like, I was a flight attendant for American Airlines. <laughs> it was like, so you oh, went from like just, just humble pie oh, to like uh, putting their like bags up. People peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, the humble pie! Just wow. Um, okay. So that's a pretty fucking cool experience. How did, like, did you meet him on the road or like, how did you get to do that? Was it for us? Oh, it was for the news. Yeah. Was and he news. was oh, the okay. like senior citizen of the month kind of guy. And they're like, Hey, he was, he worked, you know, cause it was like, he was the rear gunner on the, the plane. Shit. And it's like, this is the last plane that exists that he can say, Oh wow. So he was probably 70 something so it was like just cool to see him like yeah yeah this is what it was like we used to do this and you know it was it was really fun to like see see him like reminisce so that that was a really cool thing wow that's neat was there ever an incident that made anybody speak to you or ask to speak to your manager at any of these jobs you don't strike me as that kind of dude i feel like you just roll it off your back yeah i mean i definitely was like I was definitely sarcastic and people could could read that who were who were willing to. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, I, I will say this, like I remember I had like a, a, a teacher, like a math teacher who uh, thought I was like not taking school seriously because I was playing basketball. And that was like a thing where I never had that before where it's like, oh, you're judging me based on like something else that I do. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of messed up. Um, but I think, no, I somehow avoided it being a bellman like that. That was one where I'm just like, you know, uh, you just do the all the Chevy Chase insults and stuff and just hope people don't hear you. Um, I'm trying to think if I ever got in real trouble. I mean, most of it was just because of, um, uh, maybe, yeah, no, I was pretty, pretty, I mean, at the news, uh, the one time I did get in real trouble was, um, we would do these things where, you know how they go, and sports with Paul Morrissey, and they would have me, like, kind of, like, spinning around. I think your man did did a spoof with this, I love it, yes. So the owner of the station had paid like a lot of money for these like animations of us, you know, doing that. And so when my, it was basically, it would just have me like spinning around, you know? And so when the camera cut to me, I was the weekend anchor so we could get away with murder on the weekends because nobody was there, you know, the stills people were off for the weekend and stuff. So, uh, 
so uh, they would cut to me from like the me spinning around thing from Paul, Paul Morrissey, and then and then when the camera came out to me, I w- I had a chair that spun, so I would just still be spinning when they came to me. Yes. Like, in a <laughs> 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 and uh, and that Monday morning, the owner just called me in, and he, I knew he didn't like me, but he this was like the first time where he's just like. You know what? He's like, we paid a lot of money trying to look like a, a first-class organization. And you just make fun of it. It makes us look like assholes, you know. And um, and I had a news director that really protected me from that guy because he, he was like, no, no, he's good. He's really funny. But he just knew I was kind of a little bit of a loose cannon. And, you know, <laughs> like, uh, like he, he, the owner, here's another thing he would have me. There was like a racquetball championship but it was just like all these old rich guys playing racquetball. And he w- would want me to cover, like to do that for a sports segment for just for his buddies, you know? No. And I was just like, fuck that, you know? And he, even my sports director was like, just do it because it's, you know, the owner. And so I went down there and I made a point, like they're all drinking beer in between, like they're out of shape. So I would literally like take you know, shots of them, like, drinking beer or a guy smoking and then, <laughs> and then, like, he'd never asked me to do it again after that. <laughs> Gee, I wonder um, why. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, and do you tip? Yes. I mean, uh, I definitely, you know, I feel like even now, the, because um, we all did, like, the Uber Eats and stuff during the pandemic, so... You got to where you're tipping everybody at the restaurant. I get a little, um, I'm trying to think, you know, because I get mindful of what places tip their people, you know what I mean? Because I know like Uber Eats kind of like screws over the restaurant and pays them less and less. And so I do try to order directly from restaurants that I like. And uh, yeah, and I always, try to tip um you know and there was definitely times in my life where i I just couldn't afford it um to tip well and so now i try to make up for that and especially like you know to be a bellman like anybody who kind of gives me a ride or has to take my bag somewhere i always make sure um i give them something and um you know i've also worked on some cruise ships and stuff too so that's also like a whole you know, people who take service to another level and yeah. those people are working seven days a week, you know, they're from, you know, uh, you know, the Philippines, other countries where, you know, they're sending money back to their families and stuff. And the whole point of it is to, you know, we, there's guys that out in there that, that, you know, they're the room attendants, they work in the restaurant, they're giving haircuts, you know, out of the rooms at night and stuff like that. It's so, like prison. I definitely admire somebody yeah. who like puts the hustle in. So um, I always try to to take care of those people, especially when when the place isn't really giving them, uh, you know, what they're due. I don't think is, is that happening. It's still in like restaurants. With, like, I also also I don't know. Does this make a difference? If I I always try to tip in cash. Um, 
there's it's it's a mixed bag because pool for pooled houses if you tip in cash i'm convinced that managers take a cut so i have strong opinions about that of course not every Ain't restaurant too much, yeah i think there's tip out everybody the whole week right especially like comedy club wise yeah well and i also think that they're skimming off the top that's my opinion because i have worked for pooled houses yeah. before that where the managers do skim off the top um, however, I do think that, you know, sometimes cash, if it's not a pooled house, cash matters because that's a little bit of money that that server doesn't, you know, have to declare people feel strongly one way or the other. I mean, you know, I think it's kind and it's thoughtful and like you are taking that extra, like that extra step. So like, you know, I, I mean, I, I, I think it's, if you have the cash to do it, obviously then, especially for a pooled house, cause some of those servers just like slip that 20 and they don't tell anybody. Cause you're supposed to tell people when you get a cash tip in a pooled house. Well, yeah. So like, let's say you, like if I ate dinner somewhere tonight, when does that server get like that tip is that coming from the the check next week or does she get that at the end of the day or how long does that take to circulate i can tell you that at least for the store they that is the most fair place i worked for when it came to tips because we got the, our tips in cash at the end of the night so you would add up your credit card tips and oh, they yeah. would say here's your cash for the evening so that was really lovely very few places still do that most places if it's written on um like if you pay on a credit card bill you add the tip it shows up on their checks so it's automatically declared to the government for you and then it's taxed pretty uh -huh. heavily because a tip is a gift so it's taxed differently than earned income so that part's a little yeah. bit tough but um it just depends on the rules of the house and if it's if it shows up on your check it's two weeks later that you'll see that money. So it's the advantage of working restaurants that don't do that is like when you need extra cash to be able to make your rent tomorrow, you can just send out a text yeah. and be like, yo, I got to pick up a shift. Who, who wants off tonight? You know, who can afford to get tonight off? And that's the part that's that I'm, you know, is, is tough that a lot of restaurants are moving to the, to the model of, you know, on your checks. Cause a lot of restaurants now are corporate. Very, very few places are individually owned anymore. So a lament right. anyway. Um, Okay. Last question in this section. Who's the worst customer you've ever had to deal with or an archetype of who the worst customer would be? Oh, archetype of the worst one. Um, I mean, I guess that, uh, you know, that, that, um, that, that typical, the owner guy, like a rich guy, a rich entitled person, that's in like a regular, you know, I, w I don't want to say like regular place, but it's just like you're in a, you know, a, a chain restaurant or something like that. And they're trying to act like you need to bend over backwards and, uh, I, uh, you know, cater to their every whim. And, you know, especially now, this is the age of like, I think it's it's coming back from that now where with the Yelp stuff where like the people who want to complain, you're just like, we don't care. Like it's getting <laughs> to that point. Cause it was yeah. like, remember it was a while. It was like anybody who complained, mm -hmm. like the, the owner of the business would call them at home and like, Hey, could you change this for me? And like, mm -hmm. and now it's just like, no, there's just assholes out there and don't ever let them, uh, like I, I get to the point now where, like, you know, I fly like airlines or I have like a rental car placed and um, and if I complain too much, I feel like like we just if he does like five surveys and they're all shitty, like, let's just not have him as a customer anymore. Like, I feel I feel like sure. you can, like over 
overstay your like they don't want to know everything that's wrong they're basically i don't know well you probably work for places that have those dumb surveys and it's like they want everything perfect score they don't want like this was okay or anything because they're always working towards like the higher score so if you're gonna do a survey make sure it's all fives or all whatever because anything lower than that doesn't matter to them <laughs> yeah i worry well i did this was back in the day i worked for a place that for if like you were scheduled based off of yelp reviews or surveys so if you got enough poor yelp reviews oh, in a geez. row they wouldn't outright fire you but you'd be down to one shift and you'd be like what the hell happened this week and it's like oh you know we're just rearranging things and then you'd go to the yelp page and you'd be like oh thanks diane for mentioning me by name like got it i know why so like i mean i think i agree with you now though i think the tides have turned a bit where it's kind of just like right everybody can write everything there are too many trolls who cares but it used to matter a lot a lot and so i'm glad that the tides well, have think, turned i think yeah now it's like the thing where if this is guys just like a shitty guy like i'm sure restaurants are like that where it's like let's just not have him as a customer anymore <laughs> in some regards like yeah i had a um just recently i had a server add a tip onto my check on top of the 25 percent tip i left and so I was just like, hey, I think this is a mistake. If you could just refund me the difference or whatever. And they were super rude to me on the phone. And they were like, it took like almost a week to get it sorted. They never said sorry. Like they didn't, they weren't like mortified. They were just like, well, if we discover that that actually is true, then we will refund you the difference. Click. And I was just like, okay, I hate this place. So I wrote a review and the owner wrote me back and just tore into me. And I was like, oh, th this is this kind of place. Like this is, this is yeah. how, and I thought, I bet it was the owner that actually <laughs> added that money on and skimmed off the top i bet it wasn't even the server anyway okay oh wow well now we're gonna move on to the good stuff folks we hope you saved room for dessert What's the nicest thing a customer has done for you whilst you were working? You can also, I like sometimes comics answer this for like a cr uh, some a fan or somebody in the crowd like brought something for you. If that's happened to you, that, that, that'll count too. Man, well, I feel like I'm gonna, you know, it's, it's, so, it's so disappointing that like I've been doing this for so long that there's a lot of those things that like blend, but if I really analyze it you know especially i will say like i know you i've heard you talk about the zoom stuff and how difficult it was um but i actually you know i was doing zoom stuff i did i think what was the most i did like 18 zooms in one day once during the holidays oh. like i really honed in yeah i was like uh i wouldn't do them long i the max one was like 30 minutes Wow. So it would always be like 20 to 30 minutes, but it'd be like, you know, like sales teams. I did for Apple. There was one I did for uh, this comp, you know, it's it's like it's like the super rich, swanky neighborhood. Like Robin Quivers and Whoopi Goldberg both had like mansions in this like thing. And it was their HOE meeting, basically. So I did like 10 minutes before they got to like ask them to pay whatever 20 grand for the gardener that month or something but whoopi goldberg was like on the zoom fuck like, off and stuff. that's awesome yeah, yeah it was pretty cool and it was like you know i was doing it from like a mcdonald like i was driving somewhere and i was like doing it you know from like mcdonald's wi-fi or something but yeah what i did was i really i got like uh 
you know, a, uh, an iMac with like a st- basically studio lighting, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I would talk to people because you could tell like these people haven't talked to anybody. They're just working from home. So like you would connect with them a little bit. And so I just do just enough crowd work, just enough jokes. And I would do like 20 to 30 minutes. And I even did like a couple I did like New Year's Eve in New Zealand. I did like something in, I think it was, there was a German guy who was like, I didn't understand the benefits of like the interaction and the, you know, uh, camaraderie of the show. He's like, I know it'd be good for like humor, but it was very interesting to see how much happier people were. And so that was like one of the few times where, you know, they always say, oh, what you do is important because you're making people feel better and stuff. And that was like one of the few times where I could really tell, you know, and and so I have tried to do that. You know, I did like instead of doing like a drunken comedy club on New Year's Eve, I did like a uh, Salvation Army like rehab in Portland. So it was like, you know, uh, it was in a church, I think it's like all the stuff that you think would be terrible for comedy but it was like these people appreciated it more than anybody so i like to put myself in those positions to like to feel like you're giving back but obviously like you can tell when those people really appreciate it um so it's never been anything like money wise but like um but just like a note from somebody like that or people are just like wow wow this really made a difference you know so that that means a lot you know i love that okay um well who who, what is the best time you have ever had at work can't include comedy best time i've ever had at work um i mean the tv news thing was pretty cool because like i said the weekends we were kind of on our own so nobody messed with us and we you know we've had like birthday parties and there was like drinking and stuff that went on like just in the studio with like the the people you know the the guys who run the sound and the anchors and stuff like that and that was pretty cool to like to know that like you know we're like the news and we're just like you know it was before anchorman but it really felt like wow this is pretty cool that we're just we have this job and I remember like there was a few times where I would do the six o'clock news and then I had a comedy show like at eight. So I'd bring the news camera and record it, you know, for me. And then I would come back and do like the 11 o'clock news. And like that was probably the most fun that I had because I was doing the sports stuff and comedy like in all the same night. It was just this like fun, fun uh, thing. And, uh, you know, and, I, and that's the whole thing, too, is like, you know, I've I've had jobs where I made a ton of money and jobs where I wasn't making any money, especially back then when I wasn't making any money. And those are kind of the times where it's like, wow, that was like really fun, you know. And and I will say the best part about this job is, you know, I did I did a, you know, a 2000 seat theater with Tom Papa mm-hmm. in Anaheim, like. It's like the weekend of my birthday and you know i've been working with Tom for so long and to see him doing so well and for us to have fun you know so like i'll never look back and say like it was so much better then like it is cool that like all this stuff is still still really fun and it's still super cool to see how how far we've come and and that this is still fun you know what i mean 
I love that. But I know those guys. I know I know even Jim and those guys like they miss just getting paid at the end of the show. You know, like they're getting paid so much more money now. But like, you know, that's the one great thing about being, you know, working in service and that kind of stuff to get that cash at the end of the night is it's kind of feels like you're a bit of like an outlaw or pirate where you just got a lot of cash and you're like, all right. I'm on the road. (laughs) (laughs) It feels like, I mean, what I would assume it feels like to be just like, I don't know, doing some crime. Like you're like, oh yeah, I'm getting like, nobody knows about this exchange right here. It's just like, yeah, it's like a, you know, and you're not, I mean, obviously you're not doing crime, but if you, I would imagine it feels like that. Okay. Um, What is the best lesson you have personally learned from working in customer service? Working in customer and the best, let's see. I mean, all of them kind of involve like, you know, that whole thing of like being treated less than and the, you know, treating every job like it's important, you know, that those are all like good lessons for, for anything that you do in life, you know, and, and helping people that are in need or, you know, trying to be, uh, you know, the person who like fixes problems instead of causes them, you know, cause it seems like that's a dynamic in every, workplace is that there's somebody that's always a problem and there's somebody that's always fixing it and you're kind of like well what if there wasn't that person there and it's just like well that's just what that person does you know it's the balance so it's like just know that you're if you're the one that's always complaining you're putting stress on the rest of the people there so it's better to be like a positive uh a positive force in in whatever you do you know what i mean you could be you know going to a concert and be the person that doesn't complain that the restaurant food wasn't good or you know there's always a person that's like complaining about stuff that's great and so i always try to like not not be that person obviously it's we're a comedian so it's like you you you're observational and you can pick on stuff but like you don't want to be the person that's always like you know oh i went i went to that place once it was terrible i was like nobody wants to hear that you know yeah (laughs) i agree it's that balance of being honest but also not being too you know hammer hits the nail okay and then final question in this section what's one piece of advice that you would give to customers who interact with customer service workers yeah just that that these are all people and um you know as much as you've been you know going through that day you don't know where that person is coming from so you know some of us have you know have a good intuition about like this person looks like they're going through some stuff or i don't want to bother this person that kind of thing um i've never had that though by the way that there's some people they have that anxiety of like asking for things the way they like it i i'm it's funny i i'm a very picky eater so i just get a lot of stuff plain i try not to like give too many directions but i'll just be like just give it to me plain and then you know uh yeah just try not to be uh that the whole uh the whole restaurant needs to revolve around you, I think. <laughs> Agreed. Okay. Well, Paul, how can people watch Ice Cream versus Everything? Are you on tour right now? Obviously, you are because you're in Ottawa. Like, how can people find you on all the socials? Tell us all the things so our audience can can get after you. Excuse me. I'm just coughing once. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, well, basically, the Ice Cream versus Everything album came out 
on August 11th. So it's a full, it's over an hour material. We did at the National Comedy Center, which is like birthplace place of Lucille Ball. It's this $50 million like comedy museum. It's amazing. And I did it from the set of the, the Tropicana nightclub for My Love Lucy. It's, it's so cool. And um, so the only downside was I lost, I knew I was going to be filming this, so I lost 10 pounds. We, we filmed it in March, and then I've lost like another 25 since I filmed it. So unfortunately, I can't stand watching at the video right now. So it, it will come out at some point, but I'm, I'm actually uh, exploring whether we can do some other kind of filming. But, um, but it'll be out, yeah, if it's, if it's not up to me, it'll be out soon. And, uh, but the album is on Spotify, Apple Music, all that stuff. It got up to number three on the, uh, the iTunes charts. And um, yeah, the feedback has been super cool. And it's kind of, I haven't done an album in almost 10 years. And you know, my, my career was kind of like, I did an hour special in 2016, and then I did seven late night spots. So most of my kind of work was compiled on late night TV and all that stuff is kind of like disappeared from YouTube, you know, because of licensing and all that stuff. So I wasn't really focused on an album, um, but I, we tried to record like twice during the pandemic and it wasn't really right. And so we just did it the right way at this, the National Comedy Center. And we did four shows and we ended up doing you know, after the first show, my record company guy was like, I think we got it. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's nice to say that, but I have a lot of stuff to work out. But just it was that first show that had the energy and whatever it was. And so we used almost that whole show. Um, so, uh, yeah, the feedback's been great so far. And so Paul has a website um, at Instagram, all that kind of stuff. Paulswebsite.com has all the uh, the links and stuff, and my older specials are all on YouTube. Thankfully, that nobody nobody owns the rights to them, so you can watch. I think that there's one called The Real Humdinger that has about eight hundred thousand views, and then and then you can yeah, I think you can get uh, Ice Cream versus Everything like the album track on YouTube. Also, I know some people use YouTube for everything, but. Um, but yeah, for the most part. And then on tour, Paul, the website.com. I'm doing uh, Ottawa, Toronto, and Montreal this month. And then I'll be doing Indianapolis and uh, Detroit with Tom Papa. And uh, yeah, we're pretty pretty busy. It's going to be it's a fun time. There's not a lot of downtime anymore, but that's kind of the good part. Good and bad about being, getting successful is you're not, there's not a lot of downtime, so you can't well you know paul goof around too much you're totally welcome at the open mics slog that i'm on right now like you're totally welcome to join us like it's <laughs> we're having a great time the 10 of us that are killing ourselves doing that so like again you can always step off these <laughs> stages for the 5,000, and you can come back to performing for 10 it's it's good it's we're having a good time okay well, well yeah it's the funny part about doing uh you know that's it's like uh i, I think somebody somebody said uh you like ice cream right do you want to eat ice cream every day three meals a day and it's like no you know you start you can never you know you can never complain about like too many shows or more shows but it is like so i think this 20 days i'm doing 24 shows which it's mostly 
you want to stay healthy you want to protect your voice like even now like i'm i i just bought like tea i want to be hydrated i want to be you know uh you want to make sure you're at the top of your game for all these yeah. shows and so you get the feeling where it's like oh this is like what those vegas people went through that are doing like two shows a night monday to sunday like you can you can imagine like what what you had to especially we're just talking imagine if you had to like Same. sing or play in, a guitar in, or something like that so. in theaters where the audience <laughs> used to be able to smoke i can't imagine i can't like what that yeah. would have done i can't imagine okay well folks we're gonna drop your checks now thank you so much for listening if you want to help us out here at service from hell we'd love to have you subscribe rate and or review the show wherever you listen it will help us reach more people that need to be schooled on the art of being kind it won't be catharsis for those of us still working in the industry if you want to get in touch with us here at service from hell directly send us your receipts to service from hell podcast at gmail.com we always love hearing from y'all thank you for all those emails remember if you can't afford to tip you can't afford to go out so don't be garbage and be good to people it's easier that way paul will put all your info in the show notes thank you so much for so much time you got it this was great we really appreciate you y'all need to go to his website and find his special watch it just put it on in the background even if you're just like getting ready for work you don't you know just like turn it on and give him those give him those delicious numbers because you know spotify loves to pay out (laughs) high um yeah thank you for being here well thanks thanks so much for having me this was fun hopefully I mean, I wanted to hear more about your stuff, but we'll uh, we'll make sure that uh, you have to answer some questions okay. next time. But okay. we always like to hear your stories, too. Thank so, you, Paul. I appreciate uh, that. Thank you. Yeah. I'm trying to think of I think your ideal guest would be, you know, you have to get is a you got to get Drew Carey. Because he's like he's famously. From, he's from Ohio. The best, like the best tipping uh, yeah. person have you heard like even during the strike that he's like he's footing he's the like, bill at swingers and at big at big boy or bob's big boy he's well, footing the bill yeah bob's big boy is his place like he loves it so like anybody that it's not like an announced thing but anybody who like goes there and like shows their sad card like they just put it on his bill mm-hmm. and i think he was doing it for like a long time before anybody even said like hey you know if you go there like it drew carries like paying for all of it so i think that's so cool it's funny that you would bring him up because i just met um on the lines one of the guys that's responsible for the drew carry show and he said to me he was like of all of the celebrities that i've ever worked with he said the most generous philanthropic lovely human i've ever dealt with is drew carry and he said the cleveland public library system for the last 20 years has been independently funded by drew alone so he is one of the yeah like I, it's so funny you would bring him up. Andy's from Ohio. Shout out. That's probably why he's awesome. Um, I have so much like respect and admiration for someone. And he always, he goes up to this gentleman named Bruce and he'll be like, thanks for making me rich every time he sees him and buys him a meal if they end up at the same restaurant and stuff. So like Drew is just like, you know, I mean, I, please let nothing, this not come back to bite me in the ass because we find out something terrible at, about him. But for now, everything I've heard, he's just the most generous, kind, lovely human. So I really love hearing that. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. Yeah. Um, but thank you for what you're doing. I think this is important. Like the, you know, it's very easy, especially podcasts to like complain about stuff and it's always good to, you know, we can all do that, but like the goodness you have to remember that people do. And, and especially like, you know, even, even, you know, when you had a tough day and one waitress that gives you, the extra slice of pie or does that says that nice thing to you 
um, it does brighten your day and you make a difference. So just know that um, when you're when you're dealing with people on both sides of it, you know what I mean? I think that's always um, what people forget about is uh, the good things and the, you know, wow, you know, because even when you ask me, you're just like, what's the best? It's like there's so many good things that like they're not even it would take me forever to uh, and it's thankfully that's the great part about it is like you remember, you know, if somebody asks you about the worst show, you remember that one right away. But like good shows or good people, um, there's so many, you know, so that's that's a good thing to remember. It's like, wow, I'm very lucky, very blessed that like, you know, most of this is like amazing and of course there's going to be stuff that goes wrong and of course there's going to be shitty people in your life but um but just know that like as soon as they're out of your rearview mirror you don't have to deal with them ever again unless you engage them and and be a shitty person too so the best 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 approach to that is just like uh Let's get away from this person. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. And they say kindness is contagious. I agree with that too. But, you know, we all have bad days. But, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here. Well, thanks so much for yeah. having me. But yeah. What is the uh, club that you worked at, though? Uh, the comedy store. Cause you. Yeah. Oh, the store. Okay, so you you have like uh, that's like military service then. So. It sure is. Thank you for knowing that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Uh, I have so many stories. Yeah, and that was a uh, boy. Boy, did I get baptized by fire? Because I thought bartending. How many? Was, how many years ago though? Uh, I did it from 2018 until March of 2020. So like right when the pandemic oh, hit. Oh, okay. Yeah. So later on, see. It was like when I first moved to LA, the comedy store was like awful mm-hmm. and uh, there was no crowds and it was just like all the shitty comics only stayed there and they didn't go anywhere else. And then it was that one transition. Like I would, I would, I still headline La Jolla once a year, but I never did the whole like, you know, audition and all that kind of stuff. Cause I, I'd already done Letterman and stuff. Like I hate, yeah. like all that stuff is so stupid to me. I agree. And, uh, totally the agree. one thing that pisses off all the people is that, um, that I'll say, uh, uh, you know, when your name's on that wall, do you think they'll leave it on when they change it, when it becomes a cheesecake factory? <laughs> <laughs> and it, 